Before we get into it, I need to remind you that I've got a Patreon. If you don't know what that is, it's where people can support their favorite content creators. And it's where I can basically create premium and behind the scenes content to help traders profit more on their football index journeys and basically help them become better traders. If you go over to patreon.com forward slash FI guide, that's patreon.com forward slash FI guide, you can basically check out the four different tiers on offer. Three pounds basically gets you the early access to the podcast and also five minutes extra on every Sunday figcast out there. The five pound offer gets you a monthly blog post and a monthly podcast from myself private to those patrons only the eight pound tier gets you access to the fig discord which is a place where some of the best traders on the platform hang out and chat and uh, it's it's really awesome really enjoy it in there and the 12 pound tier gets you access to fig webinars which is where all the juicy stuff is that is where people guests or myself come and do a webinar every month for you know 45 50 60 minutes and last month's was by fi sigmund on the psychology of football index which i really really enjoyed and i'll definitely be putting out some snippets of that on youtube and such so do go check out the patreon p-a-t-i-o-n.com forward slash f-i guide hello and welcome back to the figcast extra episode 38 as always joined by sporting panda afternoon mate Afternoon, good morning. It's a late Ish. start. What's this, mate? Do you know what, what is, is that? Hang no, on. I don't. Oh, hang on. I didn't realise it had such a big introduction. Hang on. Do you know that? No, I don't. What is right. that? Right, it's the nightmare before oh, Christmas. Not, oh, right, this okay. is Halloween. Because oh. it's autumn. Halloween is in the air, people. You do like know this. that we have a show next Thursday on the 29th, which is... It's too late. The reason I bring it up today for you, my friend, is because I want people to make sure they get their pumpkins in early and start carving. <laughs> I've... <laughs> Are you a master carver? Honestly, I am exceptional. Zigzagged mouths, all sorts of different antics, nice big eyes, small evil faces. I've carved three pumpkins this year. Actually, I've scooped out the innards of about seven pumpkins uh, for some children of the family. That's okay. weird. That's a weird saying. That sounds really weird. Family. I mean, like nephews and nieces. Um, but <laughs> some like, children uh, of the family. Children of the family, come. Uh, but, but oh, I've, God. Uh, I've, uh, yeah, no, I've, I've carved oh, three my myself word. and I've got the tea light candles in and, uh, yep, got some skeletons and some uh, skeletons and pumpkin like decorative lights on the wall and i just didn't want to leave next week i'll give you some halloween facts which are going to blow your mind but i just wanted to bring it up quickly today because they're selling out of stock and shops and people i've spoke to in the retail industry have told me they're transitioning to christmas very very quickly now so if we want halloween goods i think we need to be moving very quickly uh, like you know sharpishly fig will you be getting candy for the children that knock and do trick or treat so interestingly we've just got ourselves a doorbell so i've been in my new flat for a month and we didn't have a doorbell which is obviously incredibly inconvenient when you have uh guests over or deliveries and stuff yeah so they've uh, finally managed to put one in we might do yeah i don't know if covid's going to affect trick-or-treaters i usually quite like it you know get get the kind of uh what i don't like is when you get the teenage hoodlums that the uh you know the uh, the eggers the Eggers, yeah, who want to destroy property. But no, I quite like it. I've got cameras lit up the driveway, so I'll, I'll see them approaching <laughs> a mile off and I can raise the barriers, put the fault down, you know, put get the, the moat uh, out. Get the, yeah, I, can, I can put the drawbridge down if they're under a certain age. Whereas I just about <laughs> got myself a doorbell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm now just tweaking the drawbridge. Um, so, no, so no, I like this time of year and uh, yeah, orange, nice colours. The leaves are dropping, conkers on the floor. Oh, this is a quick question. Do you ever used to play conkers or that? That wouldn't be no, 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 no. This, I bet you a lot of fans listening today used to play conkers at school. Have you ever heard of the game? Yes, I have. Okay, okay, yeah. Because there was little tricks like you could bake them in the oven, paint them with vinegar, um, scoop them out and put like metal balls in. Very underhand tactics to play that game, but it's been banned in this political correct world that we live in or health and safety world, I suppose. <laughs> Um, so yeah, good time of year, autumn. So I'm enjoying it. Uh, got some good questions in, haven't we, today from the audience? Mm, we do. We've got I'm loads. Chuffed. 
I'm chuffed. We've got loads, especially as it's a it's an awkward starting time. It's oh, it's terrible. I just it's the got... second time we've recorded before like three or four p.m. Maybe. Yeah, I've literally I set I sent out the tweet at seven o'clock when I went to sleep this morning, and I woke up about fifteen minutes ago. And uh, oh, hello. Hello, yeah. Uh, my son's just woke up from his lunch nap. Um, yeah, and uh, what was going to say, yeah, got up at 15 minutes ago and um, got coffee in hand. And yes, in a very early start. So, um, what, what did you make of the uh, feedback we got from the last show? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, it was really funny. I have to admit, and I don't like to admit this, but your mod, I listened to it back. I never really listened to our shows back, <laughs> but I listened to it. Um, last week and when uh, it is quite naturally funny i find like (laughs) i can imagine it is so partridge like you know lying on the bed of the dictaphone just recording random thoughts and the way you set the music to it it did tickle me to be fair and i don't like to give you credit usually but uh i thought thought it was quite funny and the feedback i I had lunch yesterday with somebody and uh like i don't know (laughs) where this show's going really i mean (laughs) I would like us to get back to talking about football as one. Yes. I think, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what? I, to be fair to us, I think we will, but... It might have to become two separate shows. It, it could be split <laughs> out. Although a lot of people tell me the favourite part is the non-football stuff. Yeah. They can hear yeah, football yeah, things. Yeah. But I think we want to balance. And, but we've had to do so much product chat because the, oh, platform, yeah, yeah, yeah. the platform's changed in 2020 more than probably any other year. So we've had to cover that and it's kind of led us down a random path, but mm. I think there's a balance we can find and some prep. I might start, as I say, if it was a later start. And it was international time. break as well. Exactly. Like, come on. Exactly. Like, what are we going to talk about? Gareth Southgate the whole time. Come exactly. on. Exactly. And i tell you another thing I said yesterday, figure out over lunch. And the reason I said, yeah, we, we went out, didn't we, for drinks in 2019 and we suggested that we might do this show together. Mm. And um, the reason I wanted to do it not, it wasn't to give something back, so that sounds a bit corny, but I thought it'd be good to have a podcast where you've got someone that can come on every week and, you know, be honest, talk about his holes and be accountable and be like a steady in presence and update mm. the market. And today's quite a good show for me because, you know, things haven't been going well for me since Zork come out and said 2023. But, you know, fucking Zork. Since Zork threw me under the bus and Romano said, oh, it would have been useful to know 2023. Yeah, not half, mate. Uh, five, you know, 200,000 pounds down later. But it would have... <laughs> the thing is, it's all very well and easy to come on podcasts when you're doing well, chat through it. Everyone can trade well when things are going well. And I've always said, what separates a professional gambler to a losing gambler or an amateur is how you handle losses. And you have to be... I think self-deprecation and, and a hint of humour really does go a long way. If you can laugh at yourself, if you can take things in the right spirit, if you can learn from mistakes, if you can be adaptable to different market conditions, that's great. And hopefully, I don't know, if I can help two or three people stay calm, if I can share my pain and people can understand it's not all a straight line to profit, then I think I'll feel like I'll have done my job. And that was always the purpose of it. And I, I bring it up today because, you know, we've got Kimmich and Messi, who I famously haven't particularly liked, have been just doing brilliantly. My holds have been tanking. I've been in a tailspin. So you know, I think that's quite good for people to hear the other side of it. It's very noble of you. I think I was, I was speaking no, to noble. you. I wasn't <laughs> looking, noble. I was, uh, you know, it's I had this podcast it, with the, it is very important. I had this yeah. podcast with um, Chris Barker yesterday, which is really good. Um, oh, yeah. Excited to share it on Sunday. But yeah. one of the things we talked about and one of the things he talked about was it was actually he finds it easier or he thinks one of his bits of advice was it's easier to kind of make adjustments to your strategy in your portfolio when things are going well. Whereas when things aren't going well, it's, or, or you should maybe make more adjustments when it's, when things are going well um, and avoid complacency rather than changing things when, when things are going wrong, because the process is, is really important. I think someone we speak to quite regularly who, who trusts that process a lot is, is Lee B L B. And I think, you know, speaking to him over the last two or three years, you know, he's only, he, he's got this one thesis of value or this one strategy and he sticks to it no matter what the prices are doing, well, which the, I think is the important thing to do. This right? is really interesting. So to take a step back from that, right, I would suggest everyone has a go at your trader psychology. Case. Oh, yeah. yeah Find yeah. it on Fig's page. It's really good fun. It's um, four quadrants and you answer some questions and it plots you 
in an area which it kind of tries to match up your trading psychology. Now, broadly speaking, I think it's fairly accurate and I think it does a really good job of displaying what your philosophy is, what your strategy is. It's a little bit more subtle than that. So for myself, if you saw, I was literally off the axis. So I have relatively (laughs) few, yeah. yeah, I have relatively few players and I have very large holdings in each of them. And that suits me. That is, I've always said there are ways to make more money on this platform if you want to be more active and be, you know, I, I say more active, yeah, more active in your trading and more attentive um, and have more players and do short-term flips. But I think I lack the knowledge to do that in the sub one pound, one pound 50 market. So I steer away from that. So it's about matching your philosophy, what suits you, understanding pros and cons of your own individual strategy. But the reason it's a little bit more subtle than that is because I do have a bucket of money that I would classify as my uh, ginger pillow fund. So that's my short-term trading <laughs> fund. So I, I, I do actually on a spreadsheet have one tab for my long-term holds. I have another tab for, I have a pot of money, which is purely allocated for short-term flips. And I don't really like to tweet about those because the whole idea is I'm going to buy them and sell them within a few days. So yeah. I wouldn't want to artificially bring them up and then sell them to people unnervingly. So, hmm. um, so I do do say, so, you know, I do float around the axis. I wouldn't want people to think I'm just a dinosaur. That's no, four, the, the, four the, players. The axis isn't rigid, is it? No. And I think the bulk of my money is in one strategy, but I am doing other things in the background as well. Um, hmm. and that's what I wanted to kind of share on that. And that's the, I said this to the, one of the, the well, I said it to Sigmund last night, friend of the show. I said, even with workplace personality tests, I've always struggled because I kind of adapt my personality to each scenario that I'm faced. I don't tend mm. to approach life or a problem with one set rigid way. I'm going to adapt to market conditions, who I'm talking to, are they sensitive? And I think that's the same as trading. But so that, yeah, it's uh, it was good though. But um, no, you're right. And, and the other thing I wrote down is fix. I like to fix my house when the sun is shining. And I think a lot of people mm. do that. Um, get out, get out ahead of it. You don't want to fix the roof when it's pouring down with rain and thunder and lightning because you're exactly. going to pay a very. You're going to have to pay emergency fees for the roof that's come around at short notice. And if and there's a leak, cause, yeah, you're going to cause damage to your interiors. So when it, when it's all looking good, I wouldn't rest on your laurels. I would still be actively monitoring your portfolio and thinking about downside of each trade, as we've said before so many times. Mm. Not that I particularly did that very well, but uh, you know that's. <laughs> <laughs> that's by the by but uh, no by no so, yes so no all good here and look i've enjoying the week champions league week's always my favorite week yeah have you watched any football from last weekend yeah, this week yeah. it's been it's been a big week of football coming it's back been a massive it? week of football real madrid were a headline to me uh i watched i follow real madrid quite closely and what's the is it a bell-shaped curve is it a, par- a parabola mm-hmm. is that the word for bell-shaped curve I kind of think about that with Real Madrid. Like they had such an outstanding tournament team. When you think about prime Modric, prime Tony Cruz, you had obviously Cristiano there, Benzema. You had two really dynamic fullbacks like Marcelo was in his prime. That team was exceptional. That one, what four Champions Leagues or three, um, and they were at the peak of the bell curve. And I think now those players are at the tail end. You know, they're on the downside. So we're going to see these results more and more. Well, and I mean, how many of those guys are still there, right? Ronaldo right? isn't there. No, no, um, but, but Benzema is. Modric Benzema is, is but you, 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 Cruz you, is. And yeah, but you, you'd argue. Well, I'd argue. Yes, Benzema's level has gone up. For example, Sergio Ramos's hasn't really gone down. I'd yeah, say. Yeah. Um, and then I'd say players that have been uh, part of that team that were real integral parts in Cruz and Modric. Modric has probably dropped off. Cruz, I don't think, has particularly dropped off in real life performance. So, I don't know. I think... That's a fair fair challenge. I mean, to me, Luka Modric is... So, my favourite type of footballers are the footballers that break the lines. Mm. Uh, Like a Frankie de Jong, a Modric. Did you you watch any of it last night? I watched... Yeah, I did. I watched... I think... I thought it was weird taking him off. When Um, they were 3-2 up. Yes. 3-2. Yes. Shakhtar were 3-2 three, two two. up and Modric was really starting to He was starting to get a grip of things, wasn't he? Yeah, it was, it was strange. And probably result doesn't happen with a full crowd, but that's, that's uh, for another day, the psychology of no crowds. But, you know, I, I just think if you think about, I don't know, I see what you're saying with these players, but for me, it's not just the on-pitch perform. Like, 
it's not just physical capability. It's the fatigue. Off. It's the mental fatigue of going deep in these knockout competitions. And also, you need a little bit of luck, which tends to even out. You know, the game against Atletico, the Ramos header in mm. the last minute, and then they went to extra time and Atletico. It's my first ever bet, you know. Was that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I turned yeah, yeah. 18 that year, and it was um, at half time. I was like, let me put a pound on Ramos to score next. And Really? Here we are, really? right? Yeah, it's one. Diego Costa went off with a hamstring injury, didn't he, early yeah, in that yeah. final because they rushed him back. But so I'm looking at Real Madrid as a football club as being on the kind of down of this bell shaped curve. And whereas most people think that Odegaard, Vinicius Rodrigo, Luka Jovic, um, Valverde, you know, are ready to take the reins and keep it from dropping. Often it isn't as easy as that, and football's very cyclical. And I just think it's it's natural that Madrid would just be a little bit off the top of the, away from the peak of their powers, and it will take time for for those guys that are the youngsters they've bought to mature and get the level of performance needed. To and dominate. it doesn't it doesn't help that the guys that they've brought in, the big signings, haven't done well. So if you think about Hazard yeah, and Courtois, predominantly, well. Excellent point. I mean, and then Leovic as well, but also yeah, guys yeah, like Eden yeah. Militao haven't really no, fit in. Brilliant. Ferland Mendy playing right back yesterday. I yeah. don't know if he really wants to be doing that. Yeah, it's an excellent point. Um, the recruitment, you need to string the recruitment together, don't you, to link great teams? You know, Fergie said he'd always like three or four fresh faces every, I don't know how many years he put on it, but to freshen up the, the dressing room and to kick, you know, kick on the team and sort of stave away the mental fatigue. And sadly, Madrid, in trying to do that, they just haven't nailed it. Like Hazard has set them back two to three years because it's just such big money they spent on him. And he's out till November now. So, yeah, they're, they're in a bit of a... I mean, I think both Spanish clubs, it's natural because they've been dominant for so long. They're both going to... And I'm not... It's all relative. I'm not saying they're terrible clubs, but I wouldn't expect them to be dominant forces again for a little while until the next wave and batch comes through. Um, it's interesting. That what, what, about, um, so Barcelona, what about Madrid? What about Barcelona? Because um, they're they're in a similar kind of uh, situation. Where they are. Their cycle are. is coming to an end with Messi. We'll talk about Messi in a well, bit. Yeah, yeah. I've said this and, to you before, haven't I? Like Puyol, Xavi, and Messi were the three cogs to me. And also, that's what Jose said when he managed Madrid. Once those three go, they're going to be in real trouble. And so their cycle's coming to an end. Yeah. What was your question? Sorry, I muted myself and didn't unmute myself. Oh, right. um, okay. I was going to say... I, I stunned you. Yeah. I was going to stun me with that. I was like, oh, wow, yeah. no way. Yeah. I've never heard that before. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I mean, look, I mean, they're young players and, and yeah. players that they've brought in. Maybe, you know, Frank Dion looks a bit better under Komen. Uh, I love Frank. Fatty looks a superstar. Yes, um, yes. They are starting to, not necessarily tick, but <sighs> I, I think that there is something more to go by there than the Real Madrid team. But then again, I thought Real Madrid were doing awfully last season and they won the league. So yeah, it's really hard to think about at the moment. Bayern Munich look the dominant club team in Europe because all of their stars, they, they just feel robust, physically strong. And they've got a lot of players hitting their straps of their career, you know, in their primes. Um, although I was saying that Lewandowski's a touch long in the tooth, but he you wouldn't know it by looking at his style of play. Um and it, you know how he performs, but Munich looked the dominant club team, mm. and I think there's question marks over everybody else at the moment. Um, well, I think there's question marks over Munich. I mean, do you think? like honestly, like I think that um, I think without Thiago, they're definitely weakened. I think the uh, signings they made in the summer were a bit weird. I think they they kind of, I mean, they're effectively replacing Thiago with Marco Rocca, Mark Rocca, right? I mean, that's an incredible downgrade. You've just lost your best midfielder. And um, I think against a lot of the... I, I think against strong midfields, a, a duo of Kimmich and Goretzka might struggle. Um, and I also think that high line with the defenders they have... I think they're there to be got at. I'm not saying that they're, they're not, they, they won't win the Champions League. I think they'll, very, they'll go deep. Again, they'll, they'll get into the semi-finals at least. I do think, though, that they're, they're there to be hurt. And I... At the moment, don't know which team will, will hurt them, but I think I th I teams think, will hurt them. I think it's fair that you're saying this, but I, I would have loved to have spoken to you over the last 20 years of football because surely every year there's a dominant club team. Like when I say they're the dominant club team, of course there are chinks in the armour, but there are less yeah. in that team than others is, what I guess, what I should be saying. They, they feel yeah. like the surest bet. But, because, I don't know... Have there been any club teams over the last decade that you've thought to me at the start of the season, there's just no weakness there. They're definitely going to win the Champions League. No, not since, not since... 
Not since the Barcelona 08-09 team. Or actually, no, not since MSN, where I was like, no one's going to beat them. Do you know what I mean? Even the, even MSN, I thought, were too top-heavy. But they weren't, were they? Yeah, but they like, was, it's, you just, so you can't good. win, right? Like, when yeah, Suarez, yeah, yeah. who is your third best forward, is scoring 60 goals in a season, like, yeah, y- yeah. you just can't beat them. So, I don't no. know. Because um, the, the Inter team that done the treble under Mourinho. Yeah. That that was at the start of the season people didn't badge them for that. They no. weren't pegged for that. They, they, they grew the treble, into though. this they grew into this monster. Mm. Because you, mm. I remember you had Lucio who was cheering clearances at the back. <laughs> Mourinho was masterful there at creating this Lucio. warrior spirit in that team. Samuel. Yeah, and you had um Zanetti who was the Tiago Motta. He was the captain and they he got such a song out of Who was the striker that scored loads of goals for Inter? Uh, Milito. Yes, Milito. Yeah, Eto played on the left for a whole he got, season. He, yeah, he, that was a, a brilliant signing, and Wesley Snyder was mm. exceptional. The performance at Stamford Bridge that year was was wonderful. So, yeah, I mean, it's very early to call the Champions League. Another thing is, it's all about who hits form in the knockout stages. The group, what I found from a betting perspective, is the group stages are a different beast to the knockout stages and injuries play a part form it's about hitting your stride as we get to february march onwards and who's in form then so um but no i enjoyed it. i watched real madrid watch barca as we've just discussed i watched united okay yeah psg united. united let's talk about them yeah that um was a, that was a good game wasn't it really just, you know really thoroughly enjoyed it um i think the main takeaway from that is we get carried away sometimes in as football fans naturally because we're a emotive of everything's grey everything's shit and you know we label Ollie as a PE teacher and maybe there's some fairness in that but I posted in our little chat didn't we look at the record people can look this up look at Manchester United's record last year against the top 7 it was superb they play big teams really well you know this 3412 or 352 whatever you want to label it as it works they counterattack better than most clubs in Europe. When you give Rashford, Martial that amount of space, now you've added Bruno, who I think is really suited to a transition game when he doesn't have that many touches and has to break down a low block. You've got Tellez, who's got big quality on the left. I really enjoyed that game. I thought they set up really well. PSG countered, and I thought PSG had a really dominant 20 minutes, and they were going to go on to actually get a winner. But then he took Tellez off, brought Pogba on, which gave them more options to play out from the back and enabled them to kind of beat the press. And... It was an enjoyable game from a tactical point of view. And, um, you know, I just thought United's performance was really good. But saying that, PSG, that was a bad 4-3-3, wasn't it? They're not a great team. No, and I thought it was very cowardly of Tuchel to play that three. Um, what, was... you mean the defensive three? Yeah, I yeah, just I yeah. just don't know really why they didn't play 4-2-3-1. I think that yeah. Neymar and Bappe look a lot better what, what if they have a, a fulcrum to play off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, it's one of those things that I thought was very strange. Uh, I don't know. It it was, it was cowardly for me. I think Tuchel um, is falling into that category of overmanaging these big games in the similar Mm. way that Pep does. Mm. So Mm. I thought Mm. he, uh, I thought he got it slightly wrong in the final where he didn't go for it sooner. Mm. Um, I Mm. think he, he got lucky to get to the final, of course. Um, when uh, they came back last minute, was it against? No, it wasn't against Leipzig. It was who was in the the previous round to that where they scored in the last minutes? PSG last Quarter, year quarter final last year. Uh... Anyway, anyway, they they, yeah. they were lucky to get the final. I just think like <sighs> the the over reliance on Neymar and Mbappe to create Andy Maria. Um, in that system, when your fullbacks aren't that great, is is very strange. Like I think um, it was a really weird move to me. Like I really don't know why they didn't just play a, a two man pivot with Gway and Herrera or Danilo and, and Gway, yeah, whatever, when, and then just let the, the fourth flow because they just paid United too much respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess you could say that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. But but you were quite impressed by United's structure, weren't you? Mm. I said it from minute one, didn't I, to be fair? I wasn't a hindsight merchant. I mean, like, I know they're good against teams where they can counterattack, and I just thought it suits the players so much better. Luke Shaw as a left centre-back. I would have actually Wan-Bissaka potentially as a right centre-back, you know, and get a new right wing-back in, although he obviously scored against Newcastle, but I think that was the exception, not the rule. Um, so I really enjoy 
Ollie when he plays big clubs. And I'll be fascinated to see this weekend what Lampard can come up with. Because if Lampard goes there with a 4-3-3 and doesn't adjust, I think they'll get done. So I would want to see how... Because Chelsea were beat, I think, home and away by United last year in the league. So I would be interested to see how Chelsea adapt. That's a really big game to watch this weekend. And I know Chelsea beat them in the FA Cup from memory, but I think Oli rested some players. He kind of got caught between two stalls because of fatigue. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So I enjoyed United's structure that night. I've done a bit more sports betting this week, which probably shows my slight disengagement with the Football Index app. Um, so yeah, watch United. Any other games, Fig, that you watched quickly? Um, I think Premier. I watched West Ham Spurs. So one of my housemates is a Spurs fan. One, one oh, I meant Champions League. Are, uh, oh, Champions League. I caught glimpses of Lazio Dortmund. I think and far it. Yeah, D- Dortmund at the back. They look terrible, don't they? I mean, when you play did, Miguel, Miguel Delaney at left centre back or whatever, like what the <laughs> fuck do you expect? He's fucking can, horrendous. Can I also point out here the issue that we may have? You know that guy I had a debate with, like, he was slagging off uh, Hakimi, who yeah. I just can't, I didn't. Yeah. I think <laughs> what did he say? Me. Oh, 35 million euros is too expensive. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he's blocked me now, but the drop-off to Mounier oh, is my big. Word. It's big. And as a Sancho holder, I have slight concern, because that is a lot of attacking output that's been lost with no Hakimi. And ironically, I thought it would affect Haaland, but I think it could affect Sancho as well. Because he mm. was so dynamic down the right-hand side, Hakimi. So it's a big miss for them, mate, I think. He really is. And I think, you know, um, when you're talking about... I think this is probably the best 1-2 under-21 punch in football history. Probably, is that... Is what, that sa- what, what, what? Sancho Harland? Yeah. I can't, I can't really think... I mean, that's a very niche category. I can't really think yeah. of anyone, you know. No, no, I can't. Um, but when the reliance is so, so massive on them... I think it can be quite straining. And also, you're talking about two guys. I mean, Sancho likes to come inside a lot. You're talking about, like, from the wings. I really, like, I, I looked at the way that, that Dortmund, I looked at the way Dortmund lined up and I was like, Haaland, and then Sancho on the right, and then Royce on the left in a 3-4-3. And I just feel like with that structure, with Guerrero also, who likes to come in field quite a lot, and Munir, who's just dog shit, <laughs> It's no, tough, it, isn't it? It's a big gap, uh, Hakimi, that they haven't filled. Um, but they st- remember, to be fair, they started last season really poorly. And Lucien Favre actually changed the system, didn't he? Just before yes. or after the winter break. Yes. So he's a coach more than capable. But I think he's it. been quite culpable and poor um, mm, as mm, well. Mm, I think mm, that, mm. I, I mean, any coach who plays Miguel Delaney at, oh, is his name Miguel? I don't know if his name's first name is Miguel. Thomas, actually, Thomas, 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 I should have picked you up. <laughs> Miguel. Um, Thomas. <laughs> the Spaniard. Uh, Thomas, the, the Spaniard. Thomas Delaney. Yeah. Yeah, left centre back. I really question, like, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I also felt quite bad for Jude Bellingham as well, coming off at half time. Apparently, he played quite badly. He was really out of, well, I say out of his depth. He's, he's a high class operator, he? but he's exactly. exactly. There's that, yeah, I'm not going to throw any shade on him, but he didn't play very well. And Dortmund as a whole didn't play very well. Um, so I did see little bits of that. Chelsea drew nil nil, got a rare clean sheet. Liverpool were, um, I don't think emotionally great last night, but got away with a one nil. So yeah, really, really good week. They looked a bit better Liverpool. defensively. Um, a little bit, yes. Liverpool a little bit. I thought Fabinho looked really good at centre back. To be fair, I've always rated him very highly. Yeah, um, yeah. I think he's he's really good. Um, yeah. yeah, but let's go slightly back to the Premier League. Uh, West Ham oh, yeah. Spurs. Did you watch that? Uh, yeah, that was a thrill, wasn't it? Yeah, yes. crazy, just... crazy game. Yeah, Bale had the chance, didn't he? That, oh. would, have been me- that would have been a media win. For that him, would have been the story. When he dribbled through, that would have been the story. It's a good little dribble, though. It was a good but dribble. Apart from that, he was absolutely shocking. Yeah, I thought... Re- <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It was mad, though. It was like everything right. he touched just... just yes, turned to... yes. It and is speak- weird, though, isn't it? Like, we oh. just don't know what Bale we're going to get. Yeah, we don't. I, I thought Mourinho summed it up really well. Football happened. like It, 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 it did, you, but I was looking at the XG stats for that and West yeah. Ham were up. So, I don't know. Like I, I get it in the moment. Like They were 3-0 up and yes. you shouldn't lose from there. But in terms of the, the summation of the whole game, West Ham had crazy amount of chances. Yeah, they did create quite a bit. Um, I, what was I going to say about Spurs? Oh, well, I'm going to say one thing because I go think on. you're going you're to talk about one thing in a minute. But... I think we've talked a lot about spines and it was weird. 3-0 up, uh, people were like, I think Spurs are going to win the league. And I was like, if you think that a back five of Lloris, Davidson, Sanchez, um, Aurier, 
yeah, yeah. Uh, Ben Davis or Regulon yeah, and yeah, yeah. whoever else, Dyer centre back, is going to yeah. win the league. You've got another thing coming. Yes, I mean Son and Son and Kane are amazing, the best one-two punch in the league, and you know that they, they can outscore a lot of teams. But when you've got that liability at the back, those liabilities at the back, no, I like, don't, I don't think it's enough to win a league. Really, really funny actually. My that, my yeah, Spurs, my Spurs housemate, uh, they're three 0 up, and he went. Um, he said something along the lines of, "He said Sa- Davinson Sanchez, Aurier, Sissoko are the trifecta of evil or doom or something like that." <laughs> yeah. And the next thing that happened was Sissoko gave away the foul. For the first mm. free kick they conceded, David Sanchez scored no goal, and then Aurier gave away the third free kick for the third goal, which I found really, really funny. <laughs> the trifecta of doom yeah. struck. It was, um, it's, it's really weird to see them collapse like that. It was, uh... it was a what I want to pin you on this because we both probably need to eat. There's quite a lot of humble pie tweets today, but well, maybe not for you, but for me, um, Harry Kane. Mm. I mean, we. <laughs> He looks really, really good, doesn't he? He looks, oh, he looks really good, to be fair. He I looks mean, so the num- deep. He comes so deep. It's weird. He comes so deep, but he's rolling defenders. He looks He looks a little bit sharper, quicker, strong, confident. I'm really enjoying his performances. And I we did question, maybe fairly, probably a bit knee-jerk. I don't know the answer to that. I'll let you. I want Hindsight's going to have to be on that one, I reckon, at the end of the season. Do you think, what did you say? Say that again. I think hindsight might be the best barometer for that after the end of the season. So you think we need to wait before we draw conclusions? Uh, yeah, I mean, we are six games in. I think he's he's going to do um I think he's going to do fantastically well, but uh yeah. it's one of those I think he's adapted he his game so- I think he's adapted mm. his game to run less. Mm. If that mm. makes sense. Like or, all great players though, they yeah. find ways to stay at the top of the game, don't they? As their physical attributes drop off slightly. Mm. Mm. You know, they- I do think in the second half he was very poor though. Um, <laughs> you're clutching at straws. No, no, I gen- gen- you, no, no. Genuinely, think in the second half, he wasn't very good. I don't think. Yeah. Um, I think. I think the the balance that they had with the front three at first, when Bale came on, uh, especially, I thought it looked a bit. I don't know. I think. Tell you what, though, Son's ridiculous. Um, oh. and he has been ridiculous for the last couple. The way he hits the ball with both feet. Actually, to be fair, both he and Kane, the way they hit the ball. Um, with both a, feet it's just it's astounding a, isn't it it's absolutely stunning yeah the way they strike the both those they were so neat the first two finishes and crisp oh. loved it loved it and i'm keeping a close eye on harry kane and i do feel a bit sheepish about it because he looks he looks exceptional mm. so on that note right i need to ask you a favor can we jump to the questions okay all right i was gonna ask just you about because United of time. i was gonna ask you about arsenal city but we can uh we may get it pop up on. in the questions Okay, all right, maybe. You never know. You never know. Yeah. There's a lot. Yes, we've got 72. Qu- the questions keep growing. I want to send out thanks to the lovely fans out there. And uh, let's try and get through as many as possible for them. Right, go on, you go first. Um, right, I should have checked these. Right, this is from FI Cole 2018. Do you think FI should pay matchday dividends to more players? FI ruled this out in the past, but now they have taken themselves away from the market, leaving huge amounts of players with reduced value. I don't know if you've got an answer for that, Fig, but that could be a topic in itself that we could push to next week. Yeah. That I is think, an, um, that's a very interesting debate at the moment. I actually spoke about it on the podcast this that, that goes out this Sunday, but right. I think Team of the Month is kind of a test for that. I know it goes to the same yeah. sort of players that win PB or score highly, but yep, yep. I think it's a test to see if a longer-term dividend yep. that yep. pays out to yep. more players has any effect on the market i've been quite anti tier dividends under the old structure and format under the order book system i think i need to wait a few weeks slash months for things to settle and for football index to implement the new tools and liquidity that we spoke about and bored people to death over but i'm now more open to this way of thinking you know either an in heart like team of the month and that test or bringing in the super match day points again, or having tier dividends. But I'd like to discuss that next week. That's Cole 2018. I think it's a good right. question. Uh, Vincent um, Van Showpony. Two questions. Yes. How much do you oh, love Rashford? When is my cameo on the extra cast? So, you know, you, you were calling yeah. Rashford quite shit just before. He yeah, so let, let, let's, let, so for, for some the perspective, the, the context is I was being so critical of Rashford throughout that game. <laughs> and uh, when he popped up with the winner, I felt very sheepish. And so you tweeted, tweet didn't you? <laughs> I said, 
as an, as a kind of inside as an inside joke. I left the group chat fuming and put the tweet out and like sulked uh, because you know I'd been slagging him off all game. Now my point is with Marcus Rashford very quickly. He's a very good footballer. Again, this mm. is all relative. But could he be doing more with the opportunities <laughs> he gets in breakaways? Um, I thought his you know, running was good, apart from like the final running touch. Running is breakaways. brilliant. I love his attitude, and his attitude is going to go a long way. You don't see off the field issues with him. He's humble. He works hard. He is a good footballer, and he is a good bet on football index, in my opinion. I'm just critical because he's quite infuriating, and there are times where you think he could go and get himself two or three, and he just pops up with one moment of brilliance. That consistency may come, but I'm not 100% convinced he's a natural finisher, but he does strike a ball quite firmly. Um, and he's a very good player, but yeah, that's the context behind that. And when's he coming on the extra cast? It, it, there's TBC, isn't it? I mean, I wouldn't like to say uh, he phoned in. I would give that phone in a six out of 10 performance. He'll need to up <laughs> it on the next phone in if he wants to get a regular slot and go toe to toe with the great one. Yeah, right. be careful. He might... Uh... You know, you might get the guitar out. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. FI Gardner, can you see Barcelona cashing in and letting, me- letting Messi leave in January? No. Uh, no chance January. Absolutely no chance. Um, pre-contract Messi- though? Pre-contract is a possibility. I don't know the current update on the situation with the board. If Carlos Puyol comes back, if Chevy comes back, if they play well as a team and Kuman gets them going in the right direction, could Messi be persuaded to stay? I think so. But the upside on coming to City or doing a pre-contract is absolutely massive. Hmm. And look, he's going to win Team of the Month this month, it looks like. He's already won a goal day. And that, like, you know, the, the all-time greatest footballer I've seen. Um, a good bet, I think. So I won't leave in January, though, to answer his Go question. On, right. Football Index Legacy. Do you think the 1.25 multiplier impact skews Team of the Month? Uh, well, yes, it does. More likely that Divs continue to head towards a smaller pool of players. Not sure if FI want this or not. Separate bronze day for any league fixtures and removal of the 1.25. Right. 1.25 fig. You know, you like it or not? I like it. Yeah. Yep. And yep. I think that separation makes things more complicated. I want to see agree. players I rewarded absolutely. for performance at the, the highest level. I also think absolutely that absolutely agree. from an intuition standpoint, if a player goes from West Ham to Spurs, they should, and they play well, they should be rewarded for playing well in those bigger games in Europe, whether it's Europa League or Champions League. Absolutely. Commons, like, just for me, legacy. I do see your point, but I subscribe to the theory that Champions League nights and playing in Europe, you get, you know, if you finish in the top six, that is your reward. So it, everybody knows it's a higher, I say higher standard of football, not every fixture, but it's got a prestige to it. And I think you want to separate that. And that 1.25 multiplier I think it's fair and premium players should be more expensive. I mean, you know, I think it makes sense that Kimmich was outstanding last night, gets a 1.25 multiplier, goes up in team of the month because he performed against a very good club side in um, Atletico Madrid. So I think the 1.25 multiplier stays and I like it. Um, this is from, I'll oh, go on your question. Sorry. No, no, go on, go on. If you're uh, on roll. This is from Jar FI. I think that's how you pronounce it. Do you think that this is in a good one? I wanted to get your take on this, right? Do you think the lack of attacking output from the right side of Liverpool could indicate a potential transfer move of Salah out, Sancho and Bappe in? <sighs> wow. And then he goes on to say lots of focus on TAA versus Robbo, but maybe something further forward, which is changing. So do you want to discuss a little bit, Trent and Robbo? Wow. I mean, this is such a loaded question, isn't it? But I think we had a good chat with our tactic resident tactic expert friend, Nick about this and he he stunned you didn't he with his insight he's what he's brilliant tactics nick is brilliant please follow him on twitter although tactics nick and i got off to an argument but that's for another day but we're, <laughs> we're, we're, yeah he was very rude once upon a time i think he'd been drinking but we're, we're great friends now and pals but anyway so, so, um, so we actually asked him about this and he we said did. salah out mbappe in is possible but nothing i'm seeing tactically is suggesting that that's on the cards because of a lack of output Salah has always played more centrally in the last third and nothing has changed there in the slightest. You don't get 20-ish goals a season if you're always on the touchline. His heat maps his heat maps are barely any different and he showed us his heat map from last season and this season and they're pretty much the same. They're, I mean, there's less heat. There's less heat this season. <laughs> Is that fair to say? Uh, a little bit less heat. A little bit less heat. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think that's the issue. 
I don't okay. think that's a issue. Yep. Okay. I, I would say that. Okay. So, and did you answer about TAA versus Robo? Do you want to give some insight on that and your thoughts and feelings? Yeah, I think you know it, it's a really interesting one because the way that uh, Liverpool build up has always been likelier to go down the left due to Mane's involvement. Um, especially over the last nine to 12 months. I also think that um, when the six has got it, whether maybe has tended to start going towards the left centre back and left back a bit more for whatever reason. Um, and then I also think that when Van Dijk is playing on, you know, whichever side he does, his crossfield balls are no or, or less likely to be to the fullbacks now, uh, which I think have been another reason that Trent has been on the ball less. Um, so so those are those are a few reasons. What I will say, though, is in general, I think that, uh, I think I was saying this um, last night to you, Panda, is that when you're forecasting a player's career arc or, or dividends, it's very important to kind of adjust those forecasts when new information comes. But it's very important to not over-adjust or under-adjust because yeah. you can, that, left, you can be left looking silly. Look, and all of us have probably got work to do on that. It's one of the hardest skills because you know you you don't want to be stubborn, but at the same time, like you don't, yeah, like you don't want to bury your head in the sand and just ignore all the noise. But at the same, yeah, as you said, you don't want to react to every drop in form and think, oh my god, like Robbo's a better bet or better player than Trent Alexander Arnold. I mean, I'm not saying that is the case, but it's it's a fine line, isn't it? As you've said, between reading the situation, overreacting versus underreacting. Yeah, and I think you know. The other thing is, like, do you actually play the market and play to the underreaction or overreaction? Absolutely. So there's Absolutely. another market within a market. Of course, and I used to do it a lot more. So when I came on, when my first ever podcast appearance with you, I was a lot more active and I was doing more trading. And it was clear, wasn't it, that Robertson has come out this season. He's far more dynamic. He's in better form. He's getting onto lots of balls, bursting onto them getting involved, passes in the final third. And Trent's playing number one out of form, which we we saw that and we spoke about that in the England. In the first week, yeah. The first week of the season. And last night, Ajax, it was tactically, potentially, but he played quite reserved, didn't get over the halfway line first half. Second half, he was better. Um, I forget what I was going to say with that. But so I'll read a little bit more of an extract here from what, what Nick's been saying. Go on, uh, yeah. Trent's position, he's definitely being less adventurous with his runs in possession. He's not getting into the last third as much or as early as before. Why? I'm thinking it's due to the weakness team spotted in the Trent Gomez partnership. Teams 100% targeted that post-COVID and even just before. I think they're shoring up on that and on that side to get rid of the idea that it's weakness. If Gomez is going to play a left centre-back, that might also get rid of that theory. You know, Gomez moved over to that side, didn't he, last night? Um, So I'm expecting this to become a Liverpool thing whereby teams start to expect all the play to go down the left, set up to stop that, and then it will flip back to the right. You'll get to, you also see Trent inverted out of possession more than before. He's tucking in on the traditional RCM position, uh, assumably to help stop a counter. Henderson being injured has probably been an influence factor in that mm, too, mm, which is really mm, interesting. And mm. I think it's, yeah, it, it was brilliant from Nick and hopefully people can rewind that back and listen to that again because you read it quite quickly but there's so much there's so many there's so many nuggets in there though for people but um the game within the game I was suggesting so yeah you can go down the pathway of knowing you can read sentiment sentiment on the timeline is really positive about Robertson he looks in better form that was quite a decent short-term trade for me personally it's now getting I don't know what the maximum Robertson can reach. If he was to drop off a little bit of form, when does that form turn? At that point, the spread increases. When's the time to go back onto Trent? I still believe Trent is a, is a world-class operator, but he's not playing well. And as you say, teams rotate, start doubling up the left to stop Robertson. That gives Trent more space. So it, there's games within games, and it's why I love Football Index so much, because things change. Also, another quick shout-out to someone who doesn't want referencing, I know, but it made such a... There's been a lot of Ansu Fati love this week, and rightfully so, he looks special. But just a word of caution there, and I'm a massive Fatty fan. People that play with Messi have put up big numbers historically, talking about Bojan and others, because teams are doubling, tripling Messi. Everyone focuses on Messi, and therefore there is so much space and freedom to operate if you're playing opposite him. Just bear that in mind. It reminded me, because we were talking about Robertson Trent, of how Trent had more focus put on him because of the output, and Robertson's got more space. That is a really interesting kind of subplot in football. And also when you watch Dortmund, you know, Sancho's double teamed a lot of the time. 
and he'll yeah. have to sort of overcome that. So yeah, right. because uh, FI Trader Tom actually on that has a question here. Yeah, sure. Uh, Anti Fatty, what a talent, right? Could you discuss yeah, yeah. where you see him price, where his price bit is in the next twelve months? All things considered, yeah. Messi leaving, becoming him becoming the main man. Messi stays, yep. and he has to continue p- competing with him for mm. PB. Well, like a lot of footballers. There's, I think, 20 or 30 footballers that the sky's the limit for them. They've got huge ability. How do they mature? How do they handle the spotlight? Um, Sigmund made a really good point to me that arguably it's easier to come through the youth ranks and grow into a team as opposed to come with a massive price tag on you like Usman Dembele did. Um, But Ansu Fati, I don't know, is the answer. He deserves to be his price. He looks exceptional. But again, we need to see where Messi goes. I don't think it's as easy as saying he becomes the main man because he'll have more spotlight put onto him and he won't have all this space to operate in because the double teams and the defensive structure will focus on Fatty. So I don't think it's just as easy as saying it's just a linear step-by-step progress to Ballon d'Or winner. Mm. Mm. Right. Um, um, got a question here from Perry FI. Sorry. Good man. Um, who has impressed you so far since the start of the new season? Who were the mm. sleeping giants off all time high that you could, f- you feel could see big rises upon oh. a sudden positive outcome on the pitch? What's the answer here, Fig? I mean, I'm struggling. Who's impressed me so far this season? We've answered that, haven't we? I mean, look, Kimmich has been absolutely exceptional and the goal threat is increasing and. I think we were really balanced on that podcast and people can listen to it back. I, I just wasn't sure the goal threat he offered and the forward play was going to be enough to separate him from someone like Rodri, but that's wrong. And he looks to me like he's maturing every week in his performance. So Kimmich has impressed me. Uh, Hammers has impressed me at Everton. I think we've been quite nice on Everton in their words. Robertson, you know, just the name Fatty. I'm trying to think anyone under the radar though, that's off their all time high. Off their all time. I mean, Bruno's quite far off his time like yes um, and uh, he's looking pretty good of course uh the thing is though figure right, if they're gonna have impressed you chances are they won't be far off their all-time high and therein is the beauty of trading yeah yeah <laughs> that's true you know you're not gonna get a player that's been tearing it up that's off his all-time high because uh, people are gonna be yeah. buying him aren't they so you want players that have been out of form or had little niggles and injuries but that have got this potential to go through because a season is so long form up, you know, dips and peaks and troughs. Mm. Um, who uh, I think Nkunku's looked pretty good for Leipzig so far this season, but playing yeah, ninety minutes is a, well. This is, is the issue. Is spot on. This is the thing in the continent with five subs. I think that's why Premier <laughs> League players. The I don't know. I laugh at that. <laughs> I don't know why you said the continent. Yeah. Right, uh, Tony Graham. What price do you think Kingsley Coman would be if he wasn't made out of crisps? <laughs> Sorry, I thought he was going to say glass and then Chris was going to I don't know. Like three, four pounds, maybe? A lot okay. higher than he currently is. I li- okay. I like this question. I want to put this to you. Divi Rascal. Really nice account. I've enjoyed God. his tweets. Yeah, yeah. Some some right. good Top, this, I love this one. Top three Champions League winning teams in order since the format changed in 92. <sighs> now. Uh, the two Barca teams. MSN and 0809. Yeah. Was oh hang on. Was 0809? Was, was that David Villa? Yeah, the David Villa, Pedro, Messi trio. Yeah. yeah. That was that was the team 0809? that beat United 2-1. 3-1. Okay, when Rooney scored to make yes. it 1-0. Okay. No, it was to make it 2-1. Yeah. Oh, was it? No, that so. went 1-0. Was it 1-0 or 2-1? No, uh, Rooney equalized. I'm pretty sure. Uh, oh no, that's the wrong. Uh, that, that, that's that's the twenty eleven final though. Ah, oh, hang on then. So Wait, what I'm was talking the about lo- the two thousand. Was it two thousand eight? Oh, I'm gonna have to get these up now. UCL final. Rooney did make it one one. You're right. Yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, pretty uh, good memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although you thought it was two one to be fair. So mm, yeah, two shows. No, two thousand eight Champions League final was wasn't it Chelsea? United. Oh, United was Chelsea, Chelsea was oh seven oh eight. Yeah, United got to back to back ones, and yeah. it was two- oh hang on, that was a great team. Oh eight oh nine was two nil. Rooney never equalised. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. the Messi header. Do you remember? Right. Let, me, header? Yeah, let me just find the lineup for oh eight oh nine because I'm intrigued in this now. Well, it was I'm that period oh eight to oh nine to two thousand eleven. That's team, if that makes sense. Okay, yeah. Hang on, where's the fucking final? <laughs> oh. Dear, dear, dear. Okay, it was 
Okay, it was Etu, Messi, Henri, Xavi, oh. Iniesta, Busquets. Yeah, that 2 0 team, that was a clinic. Mm. But I think the Via, Pedro, Messi team was better. Yeah, both of those 11. two Barca teams I thought were just. If you tell me Xavi, Iniesta, and Busquets are in a team, I'm going to be in love with it. They're my two favourite players of all time, I think, Xavi, Iniesta. Um, so I'll, I'll give you one of those. I like, the, um, I like the Chelsea and United teams of that 07 08 season. Yeah, oh, there's loads of. I really and like, I like the, the, the Madrid team as well. The, my favourite Madrid team, I think, was 16 17. It was the one that Mandzukic scored the worldie. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they had Isco in the hole operating, and it was Cruz Modric playing in beautiful triangles. Ronaldo Benzema, Ramos Varane. Yeah, Madrid. I love the Milan team in the early 2000s, which had Gattuso, Pirlo, Seidel for the midfield three. Mm. Um, I think they beat Juventus on penalties. Really boring game in oh one oh two. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like Shevchenko, the Milan team. That was it. Yeah, Shevchenko and Zaghi and Rui Costa in the ten. So I'm going to go for Mil- okay. We've spent too long. On that. <laughs> we spent way too football long. geeks. I'm going to say oh three Milan. I'm going to say oh nine Barcelona. Uh, we haven't got through any maybe- questions, mate. Come on. Sorry, 99 United. <laughs> right, come on, let's get cracking. Um, uh, FI Pell, how much of a say do you think Solskjaer had in the United transfer this summer? And if a more high-profile yeah. manager was in place, do you think they would have been backed fully in the transfer market? I think he had massive say because I think a club that was well-run yeah. and wasn't held to Solskjaer's whims would have probably had secondary backup targets for a right-winger. Leon Bailey, I don't know, there's many right-wingers out there, but the fact they waited so long for Sancho, cocked it up, means they're probably going back next year. Um, would they have had full backing? I don't think so, because United historically have spent more with a new manager and then they've tapered off the spending and mm. sort of tried to rein it in. So I don't know if that would have been enough. That's been the model for the last three or four years. Okay. Um, so, right. Uh, I agree with you on that. Okay, uh, FI Lewin, given the recent bounce back, are there any players you wish you'd acted on whilst they were low? Harry Kane at three nine, loads Lewin. Harry That's Kane, too many. Bruno <laughs> at six, like the whole market. The whole market yeah, <laughs> on yeah, Black yeah. Sunday. Um, right, FI Elon, Fig, how would you approach selling a player on the rise after a big PB performance? Example this morning, Kingsley Coman has a big cap app, but he's also in line for divs. How would you time the sale in that instance? <laughs> So I'd always say if you're uncertain on sales, um, then there's no reason you have to be all in on all out. I think there's this mentality on the index that Mm, mm, you have mm. to hold 100 of a player or not hold 100. Um, But if you're unsure, sometimes taking some off the the table is the best thing to do. That's been my kind of thing. Yeah, I really like that answer. And it's what I do sometimes on the sports trading point of view. I would um, cut my liability at certain points in the match rather than completely cash out and make equal profit on all the outcomes, I'd simply cut liability. So you can phase and time your exit if you're unsure. Good tool. Okay. Uh, I've got a question here. Sorry, I'm just trying to find it. Uh, it's in the Discord. Um, it's from FIT69, the male horn dung beetle can apparently pull 1,141 times their own weight. If you mm. could do this, what would you and where would you pull it? What would you pull and where would you pull it? Um, I'd probably pull a massive luxury motorhome. You know, like these huge American ones. Got yeah, yeah, like an a RV. massive TV, RV, loads of women in there. I'd have poles set up for pole dancing. Um, you know, I'd have it like a party RV. Uh, luckily, my wife doesn't listen to this, but and I just would go around the US. I'd pull it around the US, and I'd go to watch all the different sporting events in each state with these harem of women. That's ridiculous. What do, you, what do you mean it's ridiculous? Uh, I've thought about that on the spot. What, yeah. Why is it ridiculous? I don't know what I'd pull, I, to be fair. Um, There's nothing else to pull, is 1,141 there? times my own weight. So that's, that's fucking heavy, to be fair. You just literally get your straps on and go, right, I'm going to go from Louisiana down to Texas with <laughs> Dallas Cowboys and make your harem of women dress up in cowboy cheerleader outfits, go back for a party with them, have a few Bud Lights. Bud Lights. <laughs> Uh, we've got a question here from uh, Tamas, the uh, uh, the wonderful Bulgarian, trader, Bulgarian uh, hustler, butcher. Hungarian a hustler. hustler. Yeah. If you woke up tomorrow morning and your portfolio was, was worth twice as much as last night, would you withdraw the extra money or would you leave it in? Leave it in because I'm in this for the next decade. Um, <laughs> so that's easy for me. Um, 
The perception of the FI community fig has always been that it's less risky to place faith in long-term holds, less risky for long-term holds. Given that team tactics can evolve and that it can be difficult to calculate when a player has reached their career peak, do you still feel that this is the case? Yeah, I think I go back to what I said about over-adjusting forecasts. And I think that it's important not to over and under-adjust. It's important to be within a certain kind of range. Um, but then also understand that even if you over or under-adjust perfectly, even if your process is perfect, that you know if the whole market is not thinking in that kind of logical fashion, then you might see a dip in, in prices on players that you really want to hold long-term. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of some t- someone that you're quite long and uh, I was going to say long and hard for. <laughs> That's just not right. Long and it? hard. Uh, I'm not in the RV with the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. Question for this afternoon's Pandacast. My, my uncle listens to this. Yeah, go on. In your Mason career, uh, Grace Greenwood career arc, did you foresee yep. a blip for ill discipline? Any concerns over his long term arc? Yeah, I mean to be honest, I did. I was quite. I had a young girlfriend and he was talking quite cruelly in the car. They're doing some Instagram videos. This was about a year ago. Seems to have a bit of an attitude on him. Um, I think you have to treat youngsters with this unknown predictability and that it isn't going to be a straightforward line. I mean, if you look at Cristiano Ronaldo when he was at United, the showboating, the flair against Bolton down the left wing when he got hacked. And but importantly, the- wasn't that on the pitch though? It, no, no, it was. I'm just saying that petulance off-field issues it, it comes with the territory but you're right you have to as i say look when i've got players i've got high trajectory medium low depending on outcomes i've always got to think about downside and i've had to move greenwood a touch over now towards the right hand side i don't think these are huge issues but i'd be a fool to ignore them and i'm not best pleased with them so i've just tweaked him down a fraction yeah uh, you got any others? Uh, what, uh, did you, what did you think, uh, Irish Film? What did you think of the new market mat- metrics? I suppose on the website. Did you see that? Yeah, I don't. I've got no time to discuss that. Really, I don't really care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's minor to me. But maybe next week we'll do that because that's just before the trader panel, and I think we're going to have some big implementations to discuss. Okay. There was a really good question by FBI Trader, which I liked, but I can't find it. Can you? It was about stats and watching games. This is a really good point because you know what? Like if you do the psychology test last night and identify your trading style, I think that's useful. But within the trading styles, you've also got this sliding scale. So imagine like a 30 centimeter ruler at one end of it. You've got 100% reliant on stats at the other end of it. You've got 100% being reliant on watching games. And I always think it's best if you blend it and you're in the middle because stats without context and watching I just don't think they're very useful. And I've been quite critical of stat geek accounts, which are just so hindsight based. And, you know, like this, I've so many people, for example, coming out with Minamino, didn't know who he was and then running stats saying how brilliant he was because they've moved to Liverpool. And I'm, I'm not talking about FI stat accounts. I'm talking about stat people in the community. So I think, you want to be in the middle of that. But he worded it really nicely, his question, I thought. Um, oh, I did uh, uh, post something from uh, Dan Altman, the founder of Smart Scout, where uh, he's come under fire quite a lot, I think, in general, I think, in his career about being like too stats based. And, yeah. you know, how can you, you know, how can you see the game without blah, blah, blah. And um, it was really nice, actually, the way he worded it. Do you, do you want me to read it out to you? We've not got time, I'm afraid. We've not got time. I'm hard cut off. But... You're a hard cut off right now. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, 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 like six minutes or seven minutes. All right, six minutes. I've got got one question here from F.I. Lewin. Alex Tellez saw a small rise the other night after a good performance. He also took corners, a hidden gem. Before you answer, his corners from the right-hand side are ferocious. It's like something I've never seen. Honestly, he's got a beautiful left foot and as a... And it's right as a Bruno holder to just raise an eyebrow to that. I'm not Bruno holder, sorry. Well, no, I'm not at the moment, but you've got to raise an eyebrow to that because... He may well lose corners. Alex, tell us his deliveries. Oh my gosh. The shape on it. The whip. It's so bad. He's going to lead to more goals coming from those over a whole season. Especially when Maguire comes back, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what did he say? What was the question? Um, he said, is he a hidden gem? I don't know if he is anymore. I think he was hidden before because anyone that knew him at Porto knew that defensively, that was the weaker part of his game offensively attacking wise that's never been in doubt so i don't think people that were ahead of the curve were ever doubting he had that type of delivery mm. it was just defensively and can he play in a flat back four just quickly fbi trader here says do you think traders get too caught up thing in past stats and get married to a player 
who is not reproducing previous season's numbers. I think they do. Do you think? I think they can do. Yeah, I mean, we're here to forecast, aren't we? Yeah, it, precisely. And I, you know, my old career when I did a bit of audit, that was so backwards looking and wasn't very fun. I think it's far more useful and exciting to look forward and project. So I think that's right. He says, should more emphasis be placed on measuring rate of improvement decline? I agree again. I think it should. Yes. Yes, mm. absolutely. Um, analysis of change of cert. Yeah. Look, I agree with everything he said there. Mm. So I agree. Right. I've uh, got a question here from FI Jack. How do you strike yep. a balance between not being knee jerk in your reactions whilst also oh, being man. quick to react to changes in a player's Look, value? Look, I'd need to run a course on that. I don't know how <laughs> you learn. I don't know how, you, and, and they'll be quite expensive courses, but I, <laughs> I, I can't answer that question. There is no set formula. I could probably give like a flow chart of questions to check before each decision, but it's very hard, isn't it? Because I can tell you that this is a blip in form for Trent and he's going to come good, but someone else would tell you, no, you need to react, sell him and get onto Robertson. Yeah. Each one, everyone's going to have their own opinions. And I think the only way to master that is experience. Mm. Uh, any others? Um, uh, we know Pandra is cognitively sharp, but how does he keep in great physical condition? After, you don't. Especially after he is known to be a fan. Well, listen, I did. And I used to go to the gym three times a week. You want to do compound exercises. So I used to do shoulders and triceps and chest on session one, back and legs session, sorry, back and biceps. Was it session two? And legs and core session three, a little bit of core session one and two as well. A little bit of hit cardio. I used to walk a lot and talk to people on the phone. So that is the way that I stay ahead of the curve. Um, any other questions? Any others? There's so many. I'm sorry we There's haven't got to get through all of them. so many. I mean, we've covered... Uh, FI Mark here, Gaming Road, says, would you say IPD is a very good way to go for short-term trading? I would say it's a way, but there are other ways to do it as well. Mm. You know, I think it's dangerous, IPD, because IPD trading, as far as I can see from the outside looking in, is quite volatile. So you may think, yeah, I'm going to hold for the goals and the three or four P, but the smarter traders have already sold before they get the IPDs paid out mm. and they took the capital appreciation and then you're left holding the bag. So you might have three or four P of IPD profit, but you've gone down 10 P in capital appreciation. You don't want to be holding the bag. You don't want to be holding the bag. So be careful with that, Mark. Um, are there any Last other one, maybe. Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, what about the women question? I like that with the famous wrestlers. Do you know who um, May Young is? No. Think? She no. was such an attractive woman. Just your type. You know, she gave birth to a hand. <laughs> what? Yeah, on the show, she had sexual intercourse with sexual chocolate Mark Henry. That was his name. I don't condone that uh, type of talk, but uh, she and she gave birth to a hand. How silly was that? <laughs> what? I don't understand. No, it was like a prop. It was like so stupid wrestling back then. Yeah, it was such a ridiculous storyline. That sounds so weird. It was so weird and horrific. Why yeah. do people watch? I just don't know. Idiots, a lot of them. Uh, we've got yeah. a silly question here from FI Joe. Slobber's eye <laughs> to be top of the index in three years' time. Discussed. Did you see his strike the other day? He strikes yeah, really well. Beautiful striker of a football. I like him as a footballer, but we like, I can't say he's going to be top of the index. He's definitely I'd not. Give that, I'd give that a 0.5%. No. That's so point, generous. 0.1% chance. 0.0.0.1%, I'd say. I mean, he'd need to go to what? I'm just trying to think how he'd do it. Probably Manchester United. Bruno needs to do, Bruno needs to probably break both his legs. I'm just trying to think. Sobersai. And he takes every single set piece and he scores 28 goals a season. You probably need 40 goals and you'd need 40 goal contributions a year at Manchester United. While and United are trying to win the league. At all set pieces in, within three years. I think that's challenging. Yeah. I, I Just just quickly think, last question go before on. I go then. Um, there's been a tweet this week. Tell me who is king of the index on New Year's Eve this year. <sighs> I mean, it's between two players. It is. There's, only, there's one player that has got the ability to rival Sancho, I believe, with the right uh, uh, pr age. And it, I think it's Kylian Mbappe. Oh, no way. <laughs> no way. I don't know how you've come to that conclusion. Jesus Christ. Fuck <laughs> you. Cheeky man you are. You yeah, I'd be shocked man? if it wasn't one of those two. I'm just trying to think who else it could be that rival him. 
I mean, uh, Bruno, if he scores a goal a yeah. game until then. Uh, yeah. Haaland, if he yeah. scores a hat-trick every game until then. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trent, if he wins PB every single game until then. Trent can't. I don't think Trent can go above those two. Well, I mean, I'm just giving like 0.001% yeah, percent scenario. Okay, sorry. okay. Fatty, people are, people are saying King Kimmich. We shall see. I, I, you can't, I, don't, I don't think it's reasonable <laughs> to suggest that a player that probably won't win any media in the next however long can can be, be king of the index. It'd be it'd be tough. If you look at the oh. the top twenty of the index, you'll see yeah. two common denominators mostly are I mean, yeah, exactly. We all love that. And look, it's it's a bit of fun. We all love King of the Index chat, don't we? But yeah. People who the king of the index does get Harry shot Kane? down. <laughs> look, I mean, mate, I don't, I don't think he's got the right age. I mean, Kai no. Havertz would have to really tear it up, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's loads who could do it if they just exploded, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, we've got a good race, I think. I think Mbappe could be this year, and then I'm pretty confident it's going to be Sancho, Sancho. But we, we I, you know, it's just a bit of fun, and we like it. Maybe Neymar, but the thing about Neymar that just frustrates the hell out of me. Like whenever I've had him. He just gets these little niggles and he's rolling on the floor and I can't trust him to stay fit. He's such an infuriating footballer, mm. but so talented. Fabulous footballer. Though. And he's very capable of reeling off gold, 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 gold. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. that would take him to top and king. So we've got a really exciting time ahead. And right, I'm off to uh, carve some more pumpkins. It's been a pleasure. And um, I will speak to you next week. Fred. Thanks for coming on, mate. Where can people find out more about you? Uh, at sporting underscore panda thank you very much and thank you listeners for submitting all your questions thank sorry you. we didn't get to answer all of them there were so so many early start for us not used to it that early but uh there we are thank you very much everyone for listening uh hope you have a great day nice weather up there bit of autumn sun for you and uh yeah if you're commuting uh stay safe um all that good stuff uh, remember football index is a gambling platform only bet what you can afford to lose uh, and we'll see you next thursday on halloween eve Thank you.